G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. You might have heard that Vision Tours is gearing up for another tour to Israel later this year. There's already strong interest in the tour to the Holy Land and the sorts of feedback that I hear is that people going on tour have a life-changing experience. The Bible comes to life as you're walking in the places that Jesus walked. So some insights today into what you hear from tour guides that Vision engages to make Vision Tours an outstanding experience. Stan Goodenough is a name that might be familiar to you. He's well known as the Jerusalem Watchman and someone I like to talk to quite frequently about issues that are going on in Israel and the Middle East. We've spoken numerous times, but not about his expertise as a tour guide. And Stan is joining us. Hello, Stan Goodenough. Welcome along to 2020. Hello, Neil from Jerusalem. Thank you for the invitation. Well, thank you so much for being available early in the morning in Jerusalem. Stan, you're one of the best ever tour guides for Vision Christian Tours. Give us an impression about what people are expecting when they get off the plane and with that sense of awe as they are getting ready to see the sights of Israel and Jerusalem. O'Neill, you uh, you mentioned that these are tours where that are life changing because Christians and as a tour guide who is myself a Christian and a Gentile, not Jewish, um, Christians uh, typically will come to Israel expecting to see places where Jesus walked and lived his life, which we know from the Bible. So yes, the Bible does come alive. When I when I welcome groups to Ben Gurion International Airport, especially Australian groups, which are regularly on uh, my calendar. Um, they've been they've traveled a long way, and they're very they're tired, but they're excited. And so, yes, I welcome them as the bus leaves the airport. I welcome them to the land where Jesus walked, and I tell them that for the next fourteen days or so, we're going to be seeing where he was born in Bethlehem, where he grew up in Nazareth, where he ministered on the Sea of Galilee where he walked down to Jericho. We're going to be seeing uh, the land that was his his country, if you like, uh, growing up. We're going to be obviously ending up in Jerusalem, which is where the intense final week of his pre-crucifixion life takes place. So I double, I, you know, double down on the fact you've come to the land where Jesus walked. But then I like to follow up very quickly with this line. Welcome also to the land that is being prepared for his return. Because once you see Israel as a land not just of the Bible past, because the Bible isn't only a book about the past, it's also a book about the future and about the present. Once you see Israel as the land of the Bible past, the Bible present, and the Bible future, then everything in the land is relevant. It's not just the so-called Christian sites. Of course, we'll see all of those. So, Stan, 
so much more. Mm. So, Stan, when you are familiar with the narrative, the pages of the Bible, they come alive to you. And as you say, it's not just for people who are history buffs who want to actually see the places that Jesus walked. But when you have this perspective of this is what's happening now, this is what's happening into the future, uh, there's a whole new context other than something that's just a history expedition. And is that a part of the life-changing experience that you've observed? So starting with my own personal personal life as a Christian, when my eyes were open to Israel as, an, as, as still being so central to God's purposes, yes. The short answer is yes, because most of us do tend to see Israel as it's a showcase for what happened in the past. The, a visit to this land is a visit to a um, you know, cutting-edge 3D high-definition movie of the Bible. So that all the places you read about and know about so well, whether it's Shechem or Shiloh or Bethel or or or, or Cana or, or Nazareth, all these places that we know so well, suddenly you're in them and you can see them, what they look like, the geography, and you see everything in fresh living color. Um, but and, and and that enhances what you know from what you've read. But when you start to also see the modern day Israel with kibbutzim. Uh, those collective farms and and the Zionism of, of the returning Jewish people who, unlike any other nation uh, ever in, in all history, have survived 2,000 years out of their land and then come back and brought their land back to life. That means that modern-day battlefields and all the, all, all the high-tech that Israel is so famous for, all the modern-day elements of Israel as well, are relevant because, you know what, the Bible actually foretold the return of the Jews to their land. And so it it does. It puts you right in the middle of the picture. It's as if instead of being an observer of Israel from afar and as a place where things happened, you actually are come into, you immerse yourself in, and all the way, all around you, you see how Israel in the past led to the present and is being prepared for the future. You cannot but leave radically affected in your faith. I mean, we call it life-changing. I would call it faith-deepening, faith-deepening and enhancing experience. Stan, I imagine that everyone arriving has their own sense of anticipation of what they're expecting to see. And some people are surprised, others are shocked. What are the surprises and the shocks that you participate in when you actually there step foot on the Holy Land? Well, that's such a great question, Neil, because it's what I will ask. Once I get to know individuals in the group, I will, I will sit with them quietly and say, so is it, is it what you expected? How long have you wanted to come? Has it been a lifelong dream? And what do you think when you get here? And typically the shock, and it's usually a positive, it's always a positive shock in my experience, is that the the Hollywood portrayal of the land of the Bible is so often far away from the real thing. So when they see the Sea of Galilee, on which uh, the disciples nearly dr- nearly saw their boats sink, and they realize it doesn't actually look like the Atlantic Ocean. It's this really rather small, um, tranquil pond most of the time. When they see the distance between Jerusalem and Bethlehem, that Herod's soldiers race down the road to try and find and kill the baby Jesus, when they see the size of the land and what it looks like geographically, topographically, uh, that, that, that is an impact on a lot of people, especially the green and the development and the forests that are moving in on the, on the deserts and pushing the desert back. All of that is impactful. 
And also what's very impactful is when they learn that Israel is a safe country. One of the first things I also do when they get on the bus is say, we have Wi-Fi on the bus. Please contact your family back in, in Australia and let them know you've come to one of the safest countries in the world. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not trying to sell a, sell a story that's not true. Israel is actually an extremely safe land to be in, despite the media focus, which is always on violent incidents and episodes. And the, the understandably, or the, um, the, the acknowledge, acknowledgeably, the, 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 the tension in the region that constantly is around Israel. But when you come here, you, you spend seven, 14 days here, and you don't feel or experience any of that. You experience tranquility, growth, prosperity, uh, hope, vision for the future, despite the odds that are against Israel in so many ways, in so many facets. Israel is a surprising place to visit. And yet, Stan, I imagine that if you're on the bus and you've got access to the news and you hear news of rockets being fired across into Israel, that must send a little bit of uh, fear into the hearts of those who are on tour. How do you how do you discuss that sort of thing where there is some possibility of 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 news arriving that uh, you know there are some Palestinian rockets or uh, you know things coming across the border? Well, um, your question is, is, is a completely acceptable and understandable one. But once again, Neil, it's actually the people back home who hear the news about rockets from Gaza hitting the south of Israel who, who get anxious about their loved ones who are in Israel. But when they are here, I, I tell them, and, and I can say so truthfully, I've been guiding for 10 years and I've lived here for 30 years. Um, I have never been in a situation, well, I, as a journalist, I was in, in war uh, realities, but certainly as a tour guide, we never go anywhere where any rockets come anywhere near anybody. Now, we stand in places where there's potential for that kind of thing to happen, like on the border with the Lebanon, and we can see the Hezbollah with all of their rockets. Uh, with a naked eye, you can see where they, where, where they are situated. It's right in front of you. And I let people know that this is a past battlefield and a future battlefield. But we track, you know, we, as guides, we follow the security situation. We don't take our groups anywhere where there is potential for an explosion of, of, or, or an eruption of violence. We avoid those places. But, you know, what's actually truthful is that I don't have to alter my itinerary to avoid those places because the places we go are always safe. There are rockets maybe in the south now and then. There may be a tension accelerating like last night, uh, the night before we're speaking here. Uh, Israeli tanks were firing from the Golan Heights. We had to take groups right from where I take them into a city of Syria on the other side because of an eruption of of conflict, of hostilities there. Now, today we wouldn't go there. We would go somewhere else if that was happening. So there, there are issues, but I've spent one, I've spent one weekend in, in, in inner city, American cities, where there are more homicides on a weekend than, they, than occur here in a whole uh, uh, terror attacks like stabbings in a whole year. So the thing with news, with, with news cameras is they focus in on the violent, but there really are uh, pinpricks in the in, in, in the um, in the whole year, the 365 days of every year. Uh, mostly everything is peaceful. Night times are safe. You can walk the streets of the cities. You can be out. It's really a very safe and tranquil land most of the time. 
Stan, I imagine that there are a lot of people who go on a vision tour and the experiences are outstanding. I mean, going to places like the tomb where Jesus' body was laid and uh, for those who get baptised in the Jordan River. Uh, these are the sorts of experiences, I imagine, that stay with people forever. Yes, Neil, and, and one of the there there's so many highlights. Another one is when they go out on a boat on the Sea of Galilee and, and the motor is switched off and they sit out there and they know this is the lake where he was. Or when they climb Masada, where, uh, where the Jews had their last stand, as it were, against the Romans in just a couple of years after the temple was burned to the ground. Or, you know, if they go to the bedrock of Mount Moriah and put their hands on the mountain of the Lord, where Abraham prepared to offer up Isaac, and where the Bible says, ultimately, the king, the son of David, will reign. You put your hands on the bedrock of where his future place of authority and rule will be. Yeah, these things you never forget. And, and, and when they go home, they want, they want to come back, and many of them do, and then they bring friends back as well. And, of course, a lot of people come back and they say they have fallen in love with Israel. I wonder whether you can describe what that feeling is that people say when they express that emotion. Okay, well, as soon as you put out a sentence like that, of course, uh, in the back of one's head, one, one, one thinks of, well, there's Israel, and then, you know, that's a place where there's a lot of turmoil and conflict and and, uh, you know, there's the other, the other people, the Arab people as well. And what does it mean if you've fallen in love with Israel? What about the Arab people? And those sorts of questions typically sort of are at least circling around like a, uh, you know, um, around, around, the, around the question. But in my experience, what people, what Christians mean when they say that is, um, apart from the, the, the pleasure, the, the delight of seeing the land, which is a magnificent land with five climate zones and so many wonderful sights to see, and where all the rich history happened, apart from all of those things, when, when we learn that out of this nation, out of the Jewish people, came the Bible that we have by our bedside and hopefully read every day, uh, you know, Abraham and Moses and David uh, and, and, and Ezekiel and, of course, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and Paul, they all come from this nation. They all come from this nation and from this land. This is the, this is the starting point, of the, the origin of, of our Bibles and of everything that, as Christians and as believers, we hold dear and most precious. Of course, Jesus, of above all, Jewish man, God, come to be our Messiah. Uh, you, you can't move among his people that he looked at with such compassion and love and to whom he said he will one day return. You cannot move among them without falling in love with them. That's not some, in, not in some romantic kind of um, uh, airy-fairy way, but a real realization and appreciation of what we have from this nation, what we've got from them, how much we owe them. And, of course, you also learn about the tragic history of, of centuries of persecution of Jews by people who claim to be followers of Jesus. And that's another whole whole chapter to the story, which which would take um, probably another full interview to discuss. But it's also a very important part of the of the equation. Well, there certainly are many reasons why it is on top of so many people's bucket lists. Let me let listeners in on how they can be a part of the next Vision Christian tour to the Holy Land. 
the tour to Israel, uh, simply go online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au and there'll be a link there for Vision Christian Tours. And you'll be able to find out what's happening with that tour later this year. Uh, It will be exciting. It will be wonderful as it has been in previous times. It'll be on in September this year. And Stan Goodenough, a regular tour guide with Vision Christian Tours and uh, known as the Jerusalem Watchman. Stan, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. I look forward to seeing as many of you as possible here one day in Godland. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.